Hey everybody, Future Tanner here. Uh, first off, I want to thank anybody who has listened to our first episode. Uh, now as I'm looking at it, we are sitting at eight downloads, which I think is actually a pretty respectable number for a single podcast that got basically no promotion. Um, I also want to apologize for some of the sound stuff going on in this episode due to the fact that there were a lot of technical difficulties. So between me and Lindsay having to switch back and forth between different recording software and different chatting software and even different different Wi-Fi things. Um, there's a lot of volume switching. There's like 20 minutes in, I go from being quite loud to quite quiet, and Lindsay does the opposite. Just it's, it's bear, bear with us as we try and figure some of this stuff out. I may not fear the Reaper, but I also don't know them that well, and so I'm also trying to figure that out too. But all that aside, please enjoy the rest of the episode. Hopefully next week will sound even better. Also, stay tuned for the end for another fun minute with Lindsay's dad barging in. It's, it's great. I, I enjoyed it. Bye. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tanner. Um, Lindsay, did you figure out what we were doing this week from my hint before? Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. That's fair, neither have I. <laughs> this week, we are rebooting The Breakfast Club. Woo! All right. So first thing first, the song, the Breakfast Club theme, Don't You Forget About Me, is definitely going to be a cover in this new movie. Yeah, you can't have this movie with, without that song. No, you can't. But the thing is, apparently Simple Minds don't like being always associated with that song, which makes sense. Yeah. It was like their big breakout true. hit. Uh, but they don't they don't want to be a one-hit wonder. And they weren't. They weren't even a one-hit wonder in the US actually. Oh, okay. They were able to they were able to chart with um Alive and Kickin'. Okay. So now the question comes down to who are we going to get to cover it? Because there's like this really nut Joe what's his name? Joe Kerr? I think that's the name of the lead singer for Simple Minds. So let me quickly check. Who are you people? Jim Kerr. Okay. Joker was the civilian identity of the Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Jim Kerr has a really nice, deep voice, and I don't know if there are any like male pop stars who have that kind of voice these days. Yeah, they all tend to be tenor boys. Yeah. The closest I could think of is maybe Shawn Mendes, because he could go a bit lower, I'm <laughs> sure. Not Charlie Puth, because he's going to add in some vocal runs all over the place, and we don't need that yeah. right now. Or, oh, we could also get a girl to cover it. Yeah? Probably Ray Jepsen? Beyonce. That seems out of left field, but to just just picture it. Just picture it in your mind's that ear. the budget. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't take a lot to pay for everything else in the movie. It's an entire movie set in one room. Maybe two well, sets. How about... Well... I was just thinking, like, maybe Janelle Monet, because she can also do the 80s aesthetic, though it's a bit more... She can do anything. Yeah, she, she can do anything. Um, are we going to keep the school in middle-of-nowhere America, or...? Yes, we are, but we are going to make it present day. Okay. 
Because here's here's part of the reason. I mean, the first reason was that when we started with this podcast idea, I wanted to do a high school thing first because, oh, we're going to start in September. This episode's going to come out in October, probably, but that's fine. It's still kind of school. School happens in many months of the year, so it's always relevant. Some school systems start their school year in October. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Also, it looks like it's really cold out in the movie. And it is cold as balls right here. Yeah, our temperature has been fluctuating the past while, but I think it's going to settle into generally kind of on the cold side. My poor dog just got herself her hair cut this week. Aww. And so, well, she really needed it because she hasn't gotten yeah. one since June. Oh, yeah. But I had to wrap her up into like a burrito blanket because <laughs> I found her this morning just shaking. Oh, you're going to have to get her like really cute dog outfits now. Well, she already has a sweater, but she could she could use more sweaters. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. She doesn't like wearing outfits. Okay, but does she like sweaters? Like, we tried that. We tried putting her in Halloween costumes a few years. Okay, yeah. And so when we had Elwood, we got Elwood a pirate costume and Flower a Tinkerbell costume. Aww. And there's a picture of them. And Elwood is, like, posing for the camera, and he's, like, got his head cocked to the side, and he's got this big smile on his face. And Flower's just, like, lie down, curled up in a ball, pouting at us, because she's... <laughs> Pissed. Aww, poor puppy. Yeah. <laughs> but does she like her sweaters? I mean, she doesn't have a choice. Okay. At a certain point, it's like, no, you're you're wearing this no matter what. Yeah. She's so she'll be so eager to get out of it once the walk is done that she'll run away before we can take it off. Oh. She'll think that like as soon as we've unhooked the leash, it's like, okay, I'm free, go. Yeah. Yeah. Around here, once the snow starts falling, because there's so much salt, like the city of Ottawa puts out so much salt because we get so much ice. All the dogs have like little yeah. booties, which are cute, but I'm like, they're probably like really itching to get them off. Well, and you've seen dogs walk with those, or their legs yeah. are just flying all over the place. Like, they do get used to it after a while, but yeah. So, anyway. Anyways, the other reason that I want to do Breakfast Club. It's because every once in a while, I see that one meme going around where it's like, it's the scene of Bender trying to talk to the other kids about their problems, but they're all ignoring him because they've all got their, like, smartphones and tablets and stuff, and they're playing games, or they're watching stuff, or they're updating social media, and it's like, oh, look at these, the Breakfast Club could never happen today, because all these kids and their social media, they never interact, which was made by a person who's never been to a detention, the first thing they would do is take away all of their tech. Of course, because this is a freaking punishment. And it's Saturday detention. Yeah. The point of Saturday detention isn't for them to update Instagram at school. The point is that they sit there and be miserable. And I don't know if it actually works or not, but that's the goal for them at the very least. Yeah. And this is something shitty that a kind of crappy school would do anyway. Yep. I don't know. Did you know if our school ever did Saturday detentions? No, because it never got detention. Yeah, same here. We were too nice. Well, I was like, the kid was, like, so quiet and unassuming that a teacher once forgot it was in the room with them while taking attendance, and he was like, hey, where's Lindsay? And I'm like, I'm right in front of you. <laughs> that does sound like you. Yeah. Especially 15-year-old me. So you were Allison, then? Yeah. I had a very big Allison phase. And I... See, you'd think I would be Brian, but I was also Allison. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I actually, in middle school, I got detention once because 
I didn't do an assignment, and the teacher was like, Tanner, why didn't you do the assignment? And I'm like, I just completely forgot. I don't have an excuse. I'm sorry. I'll take whatever punishment you give me. And he's like, all right, yeah, you're going to have to stay after school today. And like, okay, that's fair. And that lunch, I call mom, and it's like, yeah, I totally screwed up, so I'm going to be st- late coming home, and I'll have to take the city bus, because I didn't do the assignment. And mom's like, well, that sucks, but at least you owned up to it, and that's the best we can ask for. Yeah. And then, so the day goes on, after school comes around, I walk into his room, and he's like, Tara, what are you doing here? Well, you gave me detention. I did? You never do anything wrong anyways, just go home. It's fine. <laughs> It was like, I'm too busy. I don't want to have to deal with a detention today. Just go. Nice. Do I, do I need, like, get anything? So I'm like, no, I just, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. You know, you know what you did wrong. Whatever. Nice. That's, that's the life of a keener. Yep. Now, if I had, if I had the work ethic that developed in university in high school, oh, I definitely would have gotten detention. (laughs) But yeah, so the movie, it pretty much... My version of Breakfast Club pretty much starts the same way. A lot of stuff stays the same, because, like, there's a reason. It's a classic. There's a lot of stuff that does work. It's good. The first thing that Vernon's going to do when he the kids get into the library is he just pulls out the box, like, all right, tablets, cell phones, Game Boys, put them all in here. I don't want any of you guys getting on my space, because he's still out of touch. Yep. So that nips that little meme in the butt. Yep. Jokes about MySpace will never be outdated, because... The joke is that MySpace is outdated. Of course. And I, I am going to keep it the same how everyone does arrive at the school, because I like the little vignettes between Claire and Brian and Andy and their parents, yeah. because that shows how their parents are. And then the, the most perfect one, of course, is that Alice, Allie, Allison? Allison. Allison played by Allie. Yeah. That's not confusing. Of course, yeah. The best one is that Al- Allison just walks out of her car, and then they just drive away immediately. It's no, like, have a nice day, or da-da-da, think about what you've done, they just don't care. And that's her whole shtick. Yeah. Is that everyone else gets the standard abuse, she gets the parental neglect, that they don't care that she exists. Yeah. And then John Bender just walks to school, because he's John Bender. Yeah. Can I just say, can I just say, in this casting... I don't have anyone in mind, but if I find out the person playing John Bender is also being a dick to the girls offset, they're out. We're recasting, we're reshooting the whole thing. Yeah. Like, who, why, I don't know why Judd Nelson decided that the best thing to do in the movie about becoming friends with people is to antagonize them offset. Yeah. It's like, Jared Leto, also stupid, but I at least get the concept of it. Yeah, trying to get, like, into character and all that, but, like... So so a better example than Jared Leto, a less gross example, would be the movie Ricky and the Flash, which has Meryl Streep and her daughter, Mammy Gummer. Okay. And she did the method acting, like, it's about an estranged mother who doesn't have a great relationship with her kids, and Mammy Gummer plays her kid, because she's her kid. Yeah. And for the duration of filming, or at least for the weeks leading up to it, Meryl just basically cut off all contact with her daughter. And she said, this is why I'm doing it, because we want to have that kind of... We don't want to show a mother-daughter bond at the beginning of this movie when we're not really supposed to have one at all. Okay. So that's that's a good method acting. Yeah. Just being a dick to people off stage is a bad method acting. Yeah. So, yeah. No shenanigans off stage. Everybody gets along in real life, and in yes, everyone's friends because this is a friendship movie. Yeah. 
So we're in detention. Everybody has given all of their electronics over to the uh, teacher in charge. Yeah, and then Vernon. Yeah. Was that? I think that was yeah. His I name? think Vernon. his name. Name's Vernon. Yes. Okay. So everyone gives the stuff over to him. For the next little bit, it does progress pretty close to the movie. Like I said, one thing I do want to add in is some stuff with Claire because Claire, I'm not. I don't want to um, minimize the stuff that she goes through, but she doesn't seem to go through nearly as much stuff as the others do. She's got 80s rich girl problems, yeah. which don't translate over well to today. Um, could still keep her wealthy in the princess. Maybe she has issues with anxiety, maybe a bit of paranoia. Maybe That's what I was thinking, is that make the anxiety a bigger thing. Make it about how she has so much pressure on her from all sides to put on this perfect image, because she's... Like, she has to be perfect for each of her parents who keep tossing her back and forth between them through their divorce. Yeah. She has to be perfect for her friends and popular and say all the right things and dress the right way. She also has to be popular for all the boys, so she has to hit that Madonna whore complex right in that sweet spot, or else she's either a skank or a prude, and oh, we can't have that! Yeah, and then... I think Claire is smart, so maybe add in the whole, I want to go to the best school possible. Yeah. So, perfect grades, and trying to be an overachieving, yet popular person, because the overachiever tends to... Well, I don't... I think... Don't make that as big a thing, yeah. because that's more in Brian's domain. Okay. That he... His only purpose is to do good in school, yeah. so that he can go to the best university, because if he doesn't get Ivy League, he's a waste of space. Yeah. That's his... That's his mindset going into it. Yeah, I... Uh, you know what? I think with a lot of like smart, popular people, it's a given that they're gonna go to a really good school, no matter what. It's yeah. more like they're exhausting themselves with the extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, so I was thinking that there would be one scene maybe in the second act where like she's trying to explain... Claire's trying to explain everything that she has to do to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. And at some point, she just has a full-on anxiety attack, and like people try and go up to her to comfort her, and she just like throws them all away, and she runs, and she locks herself in that office in the library. Yeah, the full-on, don't touch me, and runs away. Yeah, Don't touch me, don't look at me, don't talk to me. So for a while, it's just the other four just kind of sitting out there, talking amongst themselves, waiting for Claire to be in the right space where she can come out. And we can have a few scenes of her just sitting in there on her own, and she's not saying anything, but she's listening to them, and kind of just, like, getting some second-hand therapy. Because that's what the movie turns into, yeah. is just, we've decided by committee to do a therapy. Yeah. Okay, so Claire is very anxious, popular girl, with very legitimate mm -hmm. issues surrounding her parents' divorce. Um, Is there any other changes that you would make to uh, Andrew, Brian, and... um? Andrew, Brian, Brender, and... God, there's so many B names. And Allison. <laughs> there was... Okay. Claire, Brian, Bender, Andy, and Allie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What other changes? With Brian, I was thinking, I don't like the idea of him bringing a gun to school, even if it's just a flare gun, because there is a very different stigma around that, for obvious reasons yeah. these days. Yeah. 
And these relatable teens, they're not going to be relatable teens if they're bringing firearms to school. Absolutely not. And, like, you can't even do, like, the whole accidentally blew up the science lab, because that would get you expelled nowadays. Yeah. It would probably, you know what it probably makes more sense for him if just he was caught cheating? Yeah, a lot more sense. They found him with some sort of key or whatever. And that's actually becoming, well, it's been a problem for the past while. A lot of kids are feeling very pressured to get all these high achievements, so they resort to cheating as a shortcut. Mm -hmm. Either because... Because in the school system, it's not about learning, it's about memorizing. Yeah. If Brian's caught cheating, there is going to be an impulse amongst certain people to blame it on laziness, but emphasize the fact that he is so stressed out about having to achieve these high scores so that he can get into a really good school that he feels like the only way that I can guarantee this success is if I cheat this one time. Right, yeah. and But definitely still keep the stuff in there with him, like, having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Because that is, like, one of his cores that he's, like, everyone else has issues, but he's the one who's been pushed so far, he's ready to just end it. Yeah. He's the darkest one there. He is. He's also very soft. He's the softest boy. Yeah. That leaves three others. Um... Yes, Allie can pretty much stay the same. Yeah. Allison? Yeah, Allison's whole thing, because people were kind of weirded by the end, where she, like... That's true. ...got the more conventional Her, like, her, her character core can stay the same. Yeah. And I think uh, what the director in the original movie was trying to get at is that she's very attention-seeking, because she doesn't get attention from anybody. That makes sense. See, I do like the interpretation, because I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff of it once, where uh, Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy were talking about how they didn't like the idea of a full-on um, makeover for Allison, yeah. and so they tried to restructure it so that Claire gives her like a, um, a, a decloaking, basically. It's just taking stuff off of her. Okay. That's that sounded unnecessarily sapphic, but we can go there too. Yeah. I have plans. I have ideas. <laughs> okay. But basically, it was just stripping away all of the extra stuff that Allison's wrapped herself into and have a, ver- a much more plain, relaxed kind of thing. But then you stick the bow on there and it still gets kind of messed up. I do like the way that Lindsay Ellis referred to it as the unnecessary pinkification. Yeah. Yeah, I think the transformation at the end should emphasize, you know, taking off armor, in a way? Yeah, something like that. And she can still have a similar aesthetic underneath. Like, yeah. she takes off her five sizes too big hoodie, but she's still, like, got a Adventure Time Marceline shirt underneath or something like that. Yeah. Or that Phil would know goth GF, because the goth GF got turned into a normal person. Yeah. I say Allison should be kept somewhat on the gothy side, like, but in a more nerdy way? Kind of like in our group of friends. Sort of Yeah, well, it's like, it's not so much trying to figure out the the different definitions of nerd, geek, and dork. She's nerdy in the sense that she's pretty much an outcast. She doesn't have a clique she can call her own. Yeah. The athlete, Andrew, his his stuff is actually pretty straightforward. Um, Yes. 
I think I was toying with the idea of doing some kind of Billy Elliot type thing with him, but I don't think we need to do something like no. that. No. I think it would be more interesting to have him and Bender play off each other more in the sort of examining toxic man masculinity from different ways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like um like one of the things I'm I can't remember if he says it or not, but I'm pretty sure at some point he says that he doesn't even like playing football anymore. It's just his dad is so gung-ho about it that yeah. he doesn't feel like he can stop. So in that sense, he's also a little bit like Brian. Yeah. And maybe, oh, maybe they have, like, they try and reignite his love for the game by having a little mock football match in the library. <laughs> and they can be just, like, tossing someone's lunch bag back and forth, and Brian will probably get beamed in the head, and Al Allie will end up being, like, surprisingly good at it or something. Yeah. Bender is the one we really need to re-examine because it's just kind of like, oh, here's Bender, and he was bullied at home, and that's his excuse for being a bully now. And there needs to be scenes in the library where he's actually attempting to be a good person. Yeah. But, like, no one, like, everyone already sees him as the criminal, so their gut reaction is going to be to put on the defensive, and that's going to make him instinctually put on his own defensive as well. Yeah. He needs. He's the one who needs like the opening up scene more so than anyone else. Yeah, his whole thing is probably even more so than Allison just like taking off of that armor because I can imagine like his natural state of being is always having to put on this tough guy act as armor and being super super reactionary. Everything is a trigger for him. Everything is either a threat or an insult. Yeah, he is like because that's the way he's in permanent grown up. fight or flight mode. And well, I shouldn't say flight or flight. I should say fight or fight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's learning, you know, why he is like that, and starting to figure out. Okay, I don't have to go all, all punchy on everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and with that, we also need to, because I do want to keep some of the romances at the end. Yeah. But I'm going to change some things around because I told you that I had plans. Yes. Um, with and <laughs> like with anything that I'm going to rebooting here, I'm going to take a look at it, like how can I make this less about straight white people? Yes. Now with the race stuff for casting, I don't have any specific ideas except one of either Claire. Or Andrew should be white, just because they're the privileged two. Yeah. They're the like top of the food chain, generically popular high school kids. Yeah. So it does kind of make sense to keep one of them white. Mm -hmm. But with, with the rest, anything goes. And yeah. they're, it, it's kind of unavoidable that some people might draw implications out of it. Because every race basically has its own stereotype for bad parents. Yeah. Except white people. Interesting how that turned out. Well, like, there's a very specific stereotype about East Asian moms. Exactly. And the whole tiger mom thing. Exactly, and stuff like that. Whereas white parents, I'm not trying to defend white parents or say, oh, it's just bad. I'm no. just saying, there's a, I think with bad white parenting, our stereotypes, our media stereotypes tend to apply more of the Anna Karenina principle of every unhappy family is unique. Whereas with non-white families, if they want to portray abuse, it tends to be more stereotyped. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, there's going to be potential minefields, no matter how you try and diversify yeah. it. Like, if and I was writing this and producing it, I'd absolutely send it out to sensitivity writers to say, how does this look? Yeah. But I think that because there is a there would be a variety, there would be a spectrum, and we're not just saying, oh, it's just these parents who yeah. are bad. No, it's all parents have the potential to be bad, and they're, like Anna Karenina, they're all bad in their own different ways. Yeah. So the other... The other diversity aspect is, hey, let's make this shit even gayer. Yes. And this was this was a very heterosexual movie before because we've got the two tough guys ending up with the two girls because there's only two girls. Yeah. Sometimes when like it's late at night, I'm trying to think of the Breakfast Club. I'm I swear I keep missing someone. Like, oh no, no, because there were only two girls. There were three guys and only two girls. I've somehow started thinking of Saved by the Bell. But yeah, and then the soft boy, of course, doesn't end up with anyone because uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, my ideal ending. Actually, let's talk about the ending because the ending is the biggest change. The movie ends with Claire and Bender kissing and Claire gives him an earring. And then Allison, Allison and Andrew kiss and Allison just rips his like state championship patch off of his jacket. Okay. And that is the most Allison thing to do. Like, yeah, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> Allison is probably I know Claire Claire gets sent to detention for shoplifting, but Allison is probably like, you know what? Relatable. Yeah. Because again, a attention seeker, like you said. Yeah. But so and then the movie ends with like that still shot of Bender walking out with the fist in the air. Yeah. And you know what? That's iconic and we can keep that in, but that's not where my movie ends. My movie ends with Bender, he goes home and it's like as he does his walk home, like this feeling of like camaraderie and stuff, it starts to like drain away because like now I'm going home. Now I'm back in the lion's den. My parents, I'm gonna, he knows exactly this. He's going to walk in there and his parents are going to be streaming each other. Someone's going to be drunk. He's, there's going to be a bottle smashed summer. He's going to walk in there and try to just sneak to his room or sneak to the basement. And then his dad's going to see him and start yelling all the same shit that he always yells at him. Yeah. He's going to threaten him. And like, just when it looks like he's going to get his get beat, basically. There, you hear honking outside, and like everyone's like, "Who the hell is here?" Bender doesn't have friends, but he does have friends because he made them in detention. Yeah, and he looks out, and there's like they'll be in Andy's hatchback or something, and you see all four of them like, "Uh, get in, bitch! We're going to get milkshakes or some shit. We're going to Denny's. <laughs> get in the car, loser. We're going to Denny's. We're gonna talk about our feelings over a six-high <laughs> stack of pancakes." <laughs> and one of you is going to drown them in maple syrup. Yes, that is uh, that is Allison. Yeah. Like you saw her do like all the whole pixie sticks and white bread. Which, oh my god. Oh, my she, teeth hurt just she will about be, that. Yeah, she will be the sugar addict. <laughs> There's still pixie sticks today, so. I know. Oh, you can get jumbo pixie sticks. They're like oh. the size of a small child. <laughs> oh god. Already my stomach's churning at that thought. Yeah, so so with that ending, but here's the thing, I'm changing it up. So my ideal is that Claire is the one who actually ends up single by the end of it. Okay. Because because she's the one it's like it is kind of a stereotype, but I do still like the narrative of the nerd who's there very self conscious and they don't think they look good and da 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 and they're really like dorky and they're they look like they're made entirely out of elbows. Yeah. <laughs> and they still end up with someone because that person not only likes them for their personality, but also they do think they're cute. Mm -hmm. Give nerdy guys a chance. 
Yeah. Not those nerds who will immediately, who have totally bought into the Madonna horror complex as soon as they get any yes. rejection. They're like, listen, you can tell, you can tell after two minutes whether a nerd is, has his soul, if there's a fedora on top of his soul or not. <laughs> yes. Uh, you like you one one could argue that soft boy culture has made like those kind of people think that they can get away with a lot more but in actuality you can tell a true soft boy as soon as you see them yes. whether they are or not yeah. and brian is the softest of the soft boys mm -hmm. he is too pure for this world so who's he gonna end up with um my ideal is that he ends up with bender okay <laughs> he basically takes Claire's position. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess Brian and Claire just traded. Yeah. Because <laughs> I also, I do like the idea of, I still like Andrew, the concept of Andrew and Allison getting together at the end. Yeah. Maybe under different circumstances. That's the other thing, that definitely build up their connection a bit more, because it's very much in the original movie. She just pinkifies herself, and Andrew's like, oh, a pink bam, girl, he's totally I want this her. now. It's like, no, yeah. give them a connection beforehand. Yeah, maybe in, like, the lead-up to the detention, they, I don't know, a couple seconds on them in, like, a science class or whatever, and they're partnered up, and he's, like, kind of got the dreamy eyes on her at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show show that he, maybe he has had his eye on her for a while. Don't do a creep with, like, him leering at her, but, like, she'll yeah. be doing whatever, and he, like, just... His mind's wandering and his eyes just yeah, keep falling Yeah, the on. sun hits her hair at the right angle and it he's just like, oh. <laughs> and And Allison is very much the kind of person who, even if she's hungry for attention, she would never fathom that someone like Andrew is actually going to be interested in her in that way. Yeah. She's probably used to when she is doing a stunt or whatever to people looking at her weird. So any sort of yeah. people whenever people look at her she automatically reads that as they're looking at me because i'm the freak yeah and she's not used to people looking at her as a person yeah oh maybe there can be a scene where like allison is listening to music and andrew like sits beside her and he's like uh what are you listening to and so she takes out an earbud and gives it to him and they just sit and they listen to the music together and it's like this nice really chill scene yeah i can it, i can see it like Right now, he sits beside her. He's got, like, the one earbud in one ear. She's got the other earbud, and they're kind of just, like, sitting, looking in a middle distance. Bopping their head. Yeah. It's actually... We can also shuffle around the ending couples a bit more, because you could stick Andrew with Bender. Yeah. Because they can bond over their respective poor, very poor fathers. Yeah. And then you could put Brian with Claire... Um, or not Cl with Claire, with Allison. Yeah. Because they just they would probably get along pretty well anyways. Mm -hmm. Brian, even if Brian is popular with the nerds, he'd be very much invisible at best and a target at worst to the other popular kids. Yeah. Or you can flip it around again. You can put Brian with Andrew, and you can put Bender with Claire. Yeah. Because Bender, or oh no, not Bender with, Bender with Allison. Claire is single. Yeah. I ship Claire X happiness. <laughs> yeah that's i don't know i don't know if that kind of thing ever got outside the glee fandom but at a certain point you just see all of these fix and it's like and i ship rachel with individuality because i can't stand any of her other love interests yeah so it's basically that it's 
Claire X single and does not need to mingle. Yeah. So you can put Bender with Allison because they're the ones who have arguably the, again, not minimizing anything, but they arguably have the worst parents or at least the traditionally worst parents. So they would definitely be able to relate to each other. Yeah. And then with Brian and Andrew, the two of them have like the parental pressure coming down on them really hard so they can relate to that. Yeah. And I could actually see a couple poly relationships. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I don't know how to write a good poly relationship, yeah. so. Yeah, and I think g- that might be pushing the envelope a, a little bit. And, like, we're talking about teenagers, too. So. Yeah. I don't. Poly relationships are valid, but I really don't think teenagers have the emotional development to. Or the time. Keep them up in a healthy manner. Or the time. Uh, see, time might actually work in their favor, because oh, it's yeah. like. They just whip out the schedule, and it's like, okay, so on Tuesdays, I'm with Bender, and on Wednesdays, I'm with Allison, and on Thursdays, I'm with Andrew, and then Fridays, me and Claire have a podcast. (laughs) Okay, yeah, because, like, if we're talking about adult poly relationships, like, what gets me is that sometimes the web of connections gets so complicated, I am like... How do you ha- make time? You you just you need the Google Calendar. You whip out a spreadsheet. <laughs> See, maybe I would be able to do well at poly relationships because I could just whip out my spreadsheet. I'll whip out my Google Calendar, and I'm like, okay, so here's the schedule. We've set it up perfectly so everyone gets an equal amount of time. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> the point being that no no matter what we do in this movie, whether we have or not, people are going to be walking out thinking, you know what? I can see all five of them together. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happens every single season of Power Rangers, yep. give or take a few. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, you can have a very a very tangled web of relatable teenagers yeah. smacking out with each other. Yeah. Or, you know, just cuddling under a blanket fort. Yes. Uh. And yeah, but like, even with the extended ending, I would like it to just keep it being within the span of that one Saturday. Because... In the original movie, like, Brian has that whole scene where he breaks down and he's like, are Claire, are you going to notice me on Monday? Are you going to, Andrew? Like, are we friends? I want to say we're friends, but are we even going to talk to each other after this? And it ends with, like, that hope that they will. But also yeah. a lot of, I found that a lot of people have this being like, no, they, that they may be changed people, but they're not going to keep being friends with each other. And then there's so many articles about how like Bender never had any healthy development over the movie, so him and Claire's relationship is just going to be a repeat of his parents' relationship. Yeah. Which is concerning to think about, but also, like, it wouldn't be shocking. So my version ends on a more hopeful note, because they're, they've decided to band together already. It's, like, not even an hour after detention ends, they've already come back together for dinner to hang out, to be with each other. Someone has their arm over someone else's shoulders. Or they're they're pulling a fucking uh, perks of being a wallflower and driving down the freeway with their arms hanging out <laughs> and they're singing along to the pop music. Well, I was thinking like even like once they get out of detention and they get their phones back, they're like, "Oh my god, I have to check everything!" And then they're like, "Hey, can like we exchange numbers?" Sort of stuff. Oh yeah, I got I got so deep in the human bonding that I forgot that I took their phones away. <laughs> Because of the goddamn meme. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta fight the meme. We gotta fight the meme. And then, oh, and then maybe, like, the credits is just them. It doesn't even, it could be still images, or it could even be, like, animated or drawings, and you just see pictures of them, like, 
meeting at high Doing school teenage stuff? and like oh no it's i mean since we're modern day we can just do all their instagram accounts yeah and just as the credits roll we see their instagram accounts and it's like claire and allison hang out together and it's uh like people the four of them going to see andrew at his game um bender and brian working on a card together or something because Brender, like, he's assigned car mechanic at birth. I just feel that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that, it, it turns out well for him. Yeah. And we just see all of these pictures of them as they be- continue to be friends and get together and their their whole lives are together because high school is hell, but when you find the people who aren't, then it just makes it that you much tend better. To together and all that. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, I have no idea if there are still clicks the way that TV and movies likes to show them, but there are definite friend groups that, like, if you see one, you know the other three are going to be around the corner. Yeah. And that's, like, that's the way it is with us in high school, and our friend group kind of broke apart, which, for some of that, it was for the best. Yeah. But hey, you and I are still together. Exactly. Even if we're, I'm in another province. We're together in spirit, Lindsay! You know, psychology says that after seven years of knowing someone, it's just impossible to stop being friends with them. I believe that. Oh, yeah. So that that pretty much sums up my Breakfast Club ideas. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, not really. I, I think my things would be more about the set design so that we could do some more shenanigans. I guess bonding shenanigans. So would you would you still keep them mostly in the library? Yeah, mostly in the library, but like hmm. Do you make the library smaller or bigger? See, I really like the design of their library, but I guess it is pretty small. They don't have like the the corridors and corridors of books that you like to get lost in. Yeah, like I was thinking of um like at Cow High, my first high school, it was a pretty old school, like you had like the original building from like the post-war period, and then it got, like, add-ons throughout the years. Okay. And it kind of created, like, this weird rabbit warren of different buildings that are all connecting to each other, and it creates, like, these weird passages and tunnels and all that sort of stuff, and stuff's falling apart. So there's, like... Okay, so our workout room was, I think, a repurposed storage closet that was behind the gym. Because it had, like, no windows. You had to, like, go through this weird passage (laughs) that was hard to find um, over by one of the bleachers. (laughs) And then, like, there was these big double doors that I'm guessing were formerly bay doors to, like, receive stuff. Okay. It it was the weirdest thing Hmm. ever. It kind of looked like... (laughs) I don't want to say serial killer's lair... But if there was a place for a serial killer to hide in a school, it would have been the workout room. It would be the library? Not the library. Oh, the, the workout room. The workout room. No, the library was over the, like, admin office and, like, directly across the street from the community center. And it had very thin windows. So you heard everything outside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of my high school libraries because none of them were super thrilling yeah 
Like they're all like that. The reason I like the Breakfast Club library is because it's just so big. Yeah, it's got it, like multiple levels. It's got staircases. It has a statue in there. Yeah, it looked more like a public library. Why would they? Well, yeah, why would they be having detention at a public library? Yeah, yeah. Like if anything, most school libraries are actually kind of small and cramped. The, oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm trying to. I remember the Winston Knoll Library. Was but really I'm trying small. to remember um, if I even ever set foot in the library for my Calgary High School, and I don't think I did. Oh wow, that's uh for shame. Like I'm, I'm I'm desperately trying to remember the layout. Here's the other thing: is that my Calgary High School was one of those schools where it was just like you could tell when each part of it was built based on the <laughs> degradation. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the math wing was all rusty metal and, like, crooked doorways and staircases <laughs> that creaked when you went up them. And then the middle part was kind of like the, the 90s-esque thing. And then, like, you could get further on, like, there was an additional wing, which didn't sound out more, but then you go upstairs, and that's when you have all, like, computer labs and stuff. And so I think the library was on the second floor, but I honestly couldn't tell you. I never had to check out books in that library, and I never went to the computer lab to, which was, oh, that's the other thing, is that high school libraries usually also double as the computer lab. Yeah. Or they have, like, the computer lab attached to them. Because, yeah. um, at- So that's another thing. We we could say that the computer lab's adjoining, and then Vernon just, like, locks the door to that. So it's like, and you can't get yeah. on Instagram on these computers either. Even though they probably wouldn't want to, because I can use them for his number cruncher. Yeah, because most schools nowadays have, like, pretty strict blocks on what websites you can go into. You know what, maybe instead of, like, the library, they're just, like, stuck in, say, a science lab? Because those also tend to have that storage closets. Yeah, because they usually have their own storage closets, because you've got to store, like, chemicals and beakers and all that sort of stuff somewhere. I do like the idea of it being, I'd like it to be, like, a bigger room, just because then... They can, like, distance themselves from each other to do their own little things and then come back together. That's another reason I like the library set. But I think a lot of libraries are a lot more cramped than what was seen on The Breakfast Club. Which is why I suggested, like, a science lab, because science labs are actually fairly big. Hmm. Or at least, like, well, maybe not the ones at Winston Knoll, but definitely the ones over at Cal High got pretty big. Okay. Yeah, maybe yeah. a science lab could work. I just... I feel like I've said this like five times. I just I love the look of their Breakfast Club library. Yeah. It looks so nice. And it is one of those iconic things. Yeah. Like I want to, even with changes, I want to keep the really iconic stuff like the library and the opening scenes and the running down the hallway scene has to be in there. Too. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's more a matter of finding a high school with a really cool library. Or it's an older school and maybe they thought that they were going to have like a larger number of students. At some point. Oh, yeah, that too. Or, like, it used to have a larger number of students, and then in recent years, for whatever reason... Like, if we're keeping this in, like, the Midwest, the Midwest is also known as the Rust Belt, so a lot of people have left. And this is more for, like, the pedantic nerds. God, why am I doing this? Um, the school's backstory, if anybody asks, it's in a town that had a lot more people, but a lot of people have left, so the school is a lot bigger than the actual student body is. Oh, okay. Something like that. That happens. 
And that's only something that we would throw out to the pedantic nerds just to satiate them. We we don't even have to put that in the movie. We'll put that in, like, the, the special features on the Blu-ray. Yeah. The big thing that's is to find- Everyone's going like, oh, how would they get a library that big? Well, we'll tell you yeah. in our 60-page uh, backstory to justify yeah. every single change we made. <laughs> All because we found this one location that was actually pretty cool, and we're like, yeah, we're going to film here. Actually, now that I think of I think Breakfast Club was filmed at an actual high school. Okay. Because, right, because the guy who plays the janitor, it was his old school. Oh, so okay. So when, in like the little opening montage, and they're panning down the halls and the library, like looking at the graduated photos, you can actually see his photo there of okay. the actor. Cool. And with like the idea that like, oh, well, the janitor... He's been there the whole time, and he never really left after high school, and it's a metaphor for something that I can't recall. But they're maybe like, oh, isn't this a neat little Easter egg? Yeah. Okay. That was the other thing, is that we don't necessarily need as much focus on Vernon or the janitor. Like, their plotline does kind of take away from the kids. I want to put as much focus on the kids as yeah. possible. Yeah, I think the big thing with Vernon is that he he should come off as kind of like kind of incompetent because he leaves the kids alone for so long. Yeah. But otherwise harmless, really. Alright, so did you have anything to add? Um, or have we pretty much I figured think, out this new Breakfast Club? I think we've hammered out most of it. I think it would just be like set in costume design and... Awesome. Yeah. So... I mean, we can keep that pretty much... The same in spirit. Yeah. Similar kind Change up Clara's wardrobe, because she was very 80s. Yeah. That's easy enough to do. But that's also the thing about being the popular kid. Your outfits get dated. Oh yeah, for sure. So I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, Lindsay, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter at... Uh, LindsayM476, because I realized I gave the wrong name um do i want anybody to find my tumblr um i think my tum tumblr's connected anyway yeah yeah all, all your other stuff is linked through your twitter yeah my instagram my twitter my tumblr they're all connected um there's also the pinterest page redhead mitchell or just look up Lindsay mitchell on pinterest okay yeah how about you tanner you can find me at spark the upstart on twitter and this podcast is also part of the Super Fun Network, which you can follow them on Twitter at RealSFN. You can also, since I have not set up a special email address for us, you can send your emails to comments or suggestions for future reboots to the Super Fun Network at gmail.com and make sure in the subject line you put reboot so that Ryan can forward it to me. So, Tanner, do you want a hint for next week's episode? Yeah, what's your hint? Boo! Okay, I guess we're getting topical then. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season. To be spoopy. Indeed it is. Alright, I've been Tanner. I've been Lindsay. Bye! Bye.
podcasting with uh, Tanner. Podcasting with Tanner. <laughs> yeah, we're we're reviewing Breakfast Club and we're asking if um. That was a fantastic movie. I know, but the question is, would you have gone to detention that back in the day? Um, no, I had to clean out the buses. <laughs> Dad had to clean out the buses for punishment. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick in the ass. <laughs> Tanner says, haha, does it, then he got a kick in the ass. <laughs> With the frozen boot? With the frozen boot? No. No. No, but it was, there was like 20 buses, and at lunch I had to clean out the buses for like two weeks. Oh, that's snarly. <laughs> Yeah, what did he do to earn this? What did you do? What did I do that time? Something I did on the bus, but I was set up <laughs> by my cousin Alan, <laughs> Alan Mitchell and Rick Harrison. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, Cousin Alan's fault. He framed him? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Good times in 1970s Manitoba. <laughs> 